Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Therapy Podcast. Today we are talking about ethical issues in supervision. So, another phase, another step, another saga in ethics. Now, supervision is vital because no one can become a therapist with, uh, you know, by himself. A competent therapist by himself. You need someone above. You need someone to be able to, to um, right your wrongs, set you on a path, tell you what you're doing right, and um, more importantly, what you're doing wrong. It's not necessarily easy to take comments and uh, criticism from someone else, but this is, besides for it being necessary in order to get a license, but this is what's going to shape you into a good therapist that's going to get rid of all the all the shaft and leave all the good stuff in the middle. So, supervision has four major goals. Number one, we want to promote the growth and development of the person being supervised. Two, we want to protect the welfare of the client. We're sending in a newbie to go help someone's mental health and one wrong comment idea planted in his mind uh, one wrong focus and it could really uh, damage the client so the supervision is for the client as well number three we want to monitor the supervisee his performance and we want to be a gatekeeper to make sure that the profession of therapy is upheld and has higher standards and number four, we want to empower the, the supervisee to self, self-supervise and carry out these goals as an independent professional. 
You need to have informed, informed consent and supervision. The standard of practice is to incorporate clear, informed consent material for a supervisee, both oral and in writing. Let the person know that their therapist is being supervised and the therapist is going to sign with the supervisor that he is his supervisor. It's beneficial to discuss the rights of the supervisee from the beginning of the supervisory relationship. You should know what you're able to do, what you're not able to do, and how and what the relationship is going to be between the person watching over you as you begin your first baby steps in therapy. It's really not baby steps. You, you really jump right in. The, the first way that you learn therapy, besides for just reading books and studying, you just sit down and do it. You need informed consent uh, when the supervisees learn what they can expect in supervision and what to do in order to achieve success. It's empowering. You know, when you express those expectations, you make decisions and you become an active participant in the supervision process. Okay, in the supervision contract, these things should be included. Number one, uh, we should have the supervisor's background. Who's watching you? What's, what are his credentials? Uh, the methods to be used in supervision. The responsibilities and requirements of the supervisors. The supervisee's responsibilities. The policies pertaining to confidentiality and privacy. Here, the following things should be included in a supervision contract. Documentation of supervision. Risks and benefits, evaluation of job performance, complaint procedures and due process, the professional development goals, the duration and termination of the supervision contract. How long is this going to be going on for? Okay, so what are the rights? What? Let, let's qualify what's in this contract. The supervisory sessions must be free from distractions. The, the new therapist, the newbie, he should be informed of his supervisor's approach, know his style, know how he's going to go about things, be on the same page. Confidentiality with regard to the supervisee's disclosure, confidentiality with regard to the clients, unless there's a law that... that says that you should break the confidentiality. We spoke about that a few episodes ago. The supervisee has the right to continual access to records maintained during supervision. Uh, he has the right to provide feedback to the supervisors concerning the supervision experience. He should let him know how he feels like he's getting trained. And he has the right to see consultation from other professionals when necessary, he's not locked into this one supervisor. He has to come prepared to every supervision session. He has to be an active participant. He can't just sit there and twiddle his thumbs while the supervisor does his supervision. He has to take the initiative to ask for what he needs from his supervisor. He has to do all the related research and reading between sessions in order to enhance his clinical work. He has to pay attention to the interactions with the clients and with your supervisor. The student has to be willing to address any area of concern that he has. If you are 
having trouble with colleagues or another supervisee, bring that issue up with your supervisor in that in that interaction, in that conversation. That relationship should cover any any um, colleague issues. Make sure to ask for feedback about your strengths and areas where you need to improve and be open to feedback from supervisors, your fellow supervisors and your clients. This has to be a very open and growing experience. You can't be set in your ways. You're developing your way. Try to critically evaluate feedback that you feel is not constructive. If Don't shoot anything down. If someone's telling you something about how you are currently treating in these early onsets, the way that you... Um, accept it and inculcate that into your style. It could be it's not a good idea. It could be it's an, an, an inaccurate bit of advice. But think about it. At least know that it's a bad idea. Don't just brush it away. Tr- uh, establish healthy boundaries for yourself. Let your supervisor know if you're feeling overwhelmed by your work with clients. Be open to various forms of supervision, including live supervision and videotaping. Talk about insecurities and anxieties you have that pertain to your work. Try to have as healthy and broad a relationship as possible. Provide feedback to your supervisor about what you find helpful or unhelpful in your supervisor relationship. Pay attention to possible sources of counter-transference. In supervision, explore how these reactions are affecting your work with the clients. Is there, are, are you, do you feel like you might be either consciously or subconsciously feeding off of the issues that are being discussed in your sessions? So it's the supervisor's role. This is very much a two-way street. <clears throat> Whatever his his uh, responsibilities. So. He has to be competent both in the practice of supervision and in the area of counseling being supervised. The supervisors should provide supervision only after obtaining the education and training to ensure competence in this role and only if they can devote the time to provide adequate oversight. Supervisors are ultimately responsible ethically and legally for the actions of their trainees. The supervisors have responsibilities to the supervisors to the supervisees, I think I'm pronouncing that right, to their current and future clients. The buck stops at the supervisor. Supervisors must have a clear, developed framework for their supervision and a rationale for the methods that they employ. It can't just be a free-for-all, let's make it work, figure things out along the way. There should be a rhyme and a reason to each stage, each phase in developing this, this training. The quality of the supervisee relationship, the, the supervisory relationship, is just as important as the methods a supervisor chooses. It's essentially a therapeutic relationship between a client and a counselor. Just the uh, client is a therapist whose issues are going to be therapy-related. And and all the responsibilities of a therapist lie on the supervisor. A good portion of the supervisory sessions should focus on the personal stress experienced by the supervisee during client-counselor interactions. 
how do these sessions make you feel? How do you feel they're affecting you emotionally? Okay, there are different ways of, su of different methods of supervision. There's self-report. That's a, one of the most widely used supervi uh, supervisory methods, but it may be the least useful. A procedure is limited by the supervisee's conceptual and observational ability. He has to give over what he experienced in his sessions to the council, to his supervisor in order to get the feedback and the guidance necessary, but that the, the, the feedback can only be given commensurate to how well he gives over his observations, so there will inevitably be a loss of quality and quantity to the interactions. It can process notes, build on the self-report by adding a written record, explaining the content of the sessions and the interaction processes. That adds a little bit to the content and can even remind the trainee of the things that went on during the session that he wanted to talk about, but, you know, if it's a number of hours that he's trying to recall, a lot of it can fall through the cracks. There's also audio, audio recording. Uh, it's a widely used procedure that yields direct and useful information about the supervisee. The video recordings allow for an assessment of the subtleties of the interaction between the supervisee and the client. Live supervision which is conducted by the supervisor during the supervisee session with a client that provides the most accurate information about the therapy session. He's actually standing there on site and he can observe and, you know, you, you get everything that a video doesn't have. Most psychology and counselor education programs offer a course in supervision at the doctoral level, but training for supervisors at the master's level is lacking. So the licensure laws in several states stipulate that LPCs who practice supervision are required to have relevant training experiences and coursework in supervision. Good supervisors demonstrate the four A's. What are the four A's? They are available, accessible, affable, and able. And if you're like me and you have no idea what affable means, it's a friendly, good-natured personality, easy to talk to, you know, an affable and agreeable companion. Friendly, warm, okay. You get it, you get it. Um, legal aspects of supervision. Um, you need informed consent. Confidentiality and its limits are essential. You have to explore that and understand what you're allowed to say and how far you can go with your supervisor supervisee relationship as far as liability direct liability can be incurred when the actions of supervisors are the cause for harm their uh, vicarious liability pertains to the responsibilities supervisors have to oversee the actions of their supervisees as far as online supervision Cyber supervision and the use of electronic media in supervision has become more prevalent and the following ethical issues have been added and uh, take a whole add a whole new dimension to the story. So we have uh, we have to look at the confidentiality, the informed consent and the supervisory relationship. Uh, a major consideration is whether online supervision will count towards licensure when the supervisor and supervisee live in different states, but they're both on the same call, on the same site. They're both watching and listening to the same counseling session. Risk management practices for supervisors. 
Don't supervise beyond your competence. Evaluate and monitor supervisees' competence. Right? You have to know and monitor. Be aware of how competent the person you are supervising is. Be aware for supervision consistently and formulate a sound supervision contract. This is for those of you who are going to become supervisors and are working towards that. FYI, the requirements for site supervisors, uh, you have to have a master's degree, two years of experience in a student's program area. You need knowledge of the program expectations, requirements, and evaluation procedures, and the relevant training in counseling supervision. Um, you, sum you submit a transcript documenting the completion of a master's or doctoral degree, and you need letters of supervision documenting that you've had three years experience in supervision. It's about 900 hours. Don't worry, one by one. And you need a resume document, a minimum of five years experience in a career, and you throw that all together and then you get a uh, certified clinical supervisor of career counseling, a CCSCC. Good stuff, okay. Um, so as a supervisor, you need to maintain written policies, document, all supervisory activities, consult with appropriate professionals, maintain a working knowledge of ethics, codes, legal statutes, and licensing regulations. You have to use multiple methods of, methods of supervision. You have to stay on top at all angles. Every situation is going to be different. Um, I'm sure with uh, the, the COVID virus, cyber supervision became a lot more prevalent. Depending on what you can do, always aim for the highest common denominator. Try to be there in person if that's possible, but obviously that is far more time-consuming than running over the sessions afterwards. Use, um, have, a, have a feedback, an evaluation plan. Know how you're going to express your feedback. Uh, verify that your professional liability insurance covers you for supervision. That's always a really good idea. Evaluate and screen all clients under your supervisee's care. Keep an eye on your product's product. You are watching a, a, a an up-and-coming therapist who is caring for numerous clients. You have to keep an eye on not just your guy, but his guys too. Establish a policy for enduring confidentiality. Incorporate informed consent in practice. There are some multicultural issues when it comes to supervision. Then uh, here are some of the dimensions of a good multicultural model. A pluralistic philosophy, cultural knowledge, consciousness raising, experiential training, contact with racial and ethnic minorities, practicum or internship with culturally diverse populations. The more diverse uh, of a society of a population that you deal with and you uh, train with, you spend time engaging and helping them, the more open and understanding and uh, available you're going to be to to all different types of people. Expand your horizons. As far as providing counseling for trainees, uh, that dual relationship standard of ethical conduct should be used. You can have your trainee as your client. And in fact, to some degree, that is what the relationship is. 
you're you're helping him more than in just giving him his his, his points and and uh, running through the different you know sessions that he went through, giving your pointers to him. You want a relationship. You want it to be real. You want him to be able to um, tell you about his stress and his his ups, his downs, and be able to channel that and uh, refine that and mine that into a a competent, a successful professional. If you are coming into this as a client, so you have to know that there there are limits, right? We, we mentioned that there are limits to the confidentiality, the confidentiality breach that is going to happen between your therapist and his supervisor. Um, individually identifying information is not revealed, so your full name will not be given over. Information shared in supervision is itself protected under a contract of confidentiality, of con- confidentiality and normally may not be shared outside the supervision relationship. So it's, it's not like your information, your sessions are public knowledge, not at all. It's just between your therapist and his trainer to make sure that you're getting the best therapy possible. The whole goal is to get you the best therapy to give you to be, to, so that your therapist offers the best that he has. And it's refined through a supervisor. Very often you can, if, if you're in a clinic and you're getting a student, um, obviously it, it costs a fraction of the price very often. So it could really be a great way to go about things um, because Nothing that is going to happen in your session is going to slip through the cracks. He is supervised from beginning to end. He has to be. It's his job and his supervisor's job. So you're getting grade A um, relationship uh, advice and and therapy, counseling from someone fresh off the press who has all the experience waiting for him. And it will all be discussed through that lens. So... um, Yeah, don't shy away from it. I hope you learned something about supervision today. And um, thanks for listening. Feel free to reach out at asksmetherapy at gmail.com and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.